This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job first. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason with your host, John Rush. Presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Last hour of today. And Andy, you uh, were going to give us a special treat and explain to folks listening. And you may not have a lot of faith or maybe a little faith, not deep faith. Regardless, doesn't matter. We're going to explain this in a way where I think it's going to be explanatory to everybody listening. And that is why, in fact, because it's Christmas, why, in fact, did Jesus himself have to come as a human in human form, born of a virgin, why did he have to come and do that? Right. Why did God become man? Correct. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people, I think this is really important right now, but obviously it's the Christmas season, because a lot of people, this has become something where they are very skeptical, and it's just a, a cute little religious thing. Nice little story. Oh, God came as a little baby, Jesus, da-da-da, and, and they think, but there, are, but there are an awful lot of, especially young people who say, that doesn't make any sense. What is this, some kooky old religion? I mean, it's stupid. Why on earth would he have to do so? And I'm telling you right now, they don't understand the strategy. Okay, there was incredible strategy behind why this had to happen philosophically. And just so you know, folks, there isn't going to be any altar call here. There's not going to be anything like, you know, believe what you want to believe. I only want to show you that Christians aren't crazy, not that this is absolute truth, and, you know, you have to believe like me, okay? Shall we go into it? Go for it. All right. First of all, people don't understand the need. Why did he need to come? Why did God need to become man? What is the need? What is our need? Why was there a problem? Well, here's the problem. We are helpless. And I don't think people want to face the fact of just how helpless they are. They believe that they can help themselves. They believe by good deeds, I can mount up some good deed ladder, grade myself on a curve, and I'm good enough, and thereby I'm a good enough person, right? And they don't understand we're not capable of goodness at all. Now, here's what the Bible says, but then I'll get into reasons to believe it. Uh, Romans 3.10, there is no one righteous, no, not even one. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Uh, Isaiah 64.6, and here's the biggie. All of us have become like one who is unclean. All our righteous acts are like filthy rags. So even the good things we do are dirty. Right. They're All not right. good enough. They're not good enough. Right. And let me let me help help people out if they're wondering, well, I don't is this just the Bible beating us up? Is this just this mean version of uh, Christianity? No, it isn't. It's simply saying apart from Christ, we are incapable of doing anything from purely selfless 
motives. Right. We are bound in selfishness. Not we're not just selfish, folks. We are imprisoned we're, by we're selfishness. Depraved. We are depraved. Great word. And let me give a couple examples, John. Uh, you're driving along, right? You're in a car, and you're late for an appointment, and you come up on this on this traffic light, and you know it's one of the longest lights in the city. And it, the, it hits yellow just too early. There's no way you can get through it. Okay. And you're stuck. And so there you are, stuck at the, the streetlight. And in front of you, cars are going back and forth the other way, right? Boom, 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 back and forth, merrily going on their way. Here's my question. Are you happy for them? No. Why not? Because they're ahead of me. You're only thinking of your needs. That's right. It is your first inclination is toward yourself. Right. You are bent on self. Now, people can say, okay, okay, my first inclination is toward myself. I get it. But what about our good deeds, right? What about Gandhi? What about Mother Teresa? What about the good things we do? Surely there is good in mankind. Actually, no. Um, Here's what I mean. There's a thing called self-definition. You are defining yourself with your deeds. Okay, so let's imagine that you're the uh, Cub Scout, okay, and you see the little old lady and you're supposed to help her across the road, okay? Or let's say you're just a person and you want to help her across the road. If you didn't do this good deed, or worse, let's say you shoved her out into traffic so she can get hit, you did a bad deed, how would you feel about yourself? Would you define yourself as good or bad? Bad. Right. You know what? You just I just gave you the selfish reason for every good deed you do. Every single good deed you do, you would think less of yourself if you didn't do it. And you'd really think less of yourself if you did the opposite, which means your good deeds are earning your value. And that's a selfish reason to do good deeds. Right. So even your good deeds, because of self-definition, have selfish motives. Right. And, and here's the big problem. This means that while everyone wants to be good, we all want to be good, right? No one wants to be bad. We want to be good. We're incapable of doing it. We are in a prison. We're like in a cage, and we're reaching out, trying to reach goodness, and we can't. We can't right. reach beyond the cage. Right. Does that make sense yep. so far? We are, as you said, depraved. This is why people desperately try to redefine goodness. Okay, they do. That's the the uh, they grade it on a curve. I'm better than that guy. That makes that makes me good. So what they do is try to have a lower standard, or they try to have no standards at all. Right. And basically say, let's have amoral activity, and we'll just define that as good, and have no standards. They try to do this, John, because they want to be good. Right. By their definition, am I making sense yeah. so far? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> so. The problem is we are helpless. We can't be good, and we want to be good. Everything we want to be, we can't be, even with all our good deeds. All right, moving on. What's the solution? Well, the only way to remove the selfish motive, right, because the only way you can do good is if you remove the selfish motive, if you can't define yourself as good or bad anymore with your deeds. The only way to remove that motive is for someone else, someone greater, to define you as good once and for all. Right? So if someone greater than you says, John is good, well, yeah, what about what he does? No, you don't understand. He is good no matter what he does. Okay? Now John's deeds can't make John good. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Okay, Hebrews 10 14. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect forever those who are being made holy. Right. So what he's saying is because of Christ's sacrifice, um, and our acceptance of it, of course, even though we, it's the real life 
reality that we are only in the process of being made holy, right? You're getting better every day. You're trying to get better every day. But you are already locked in forever as being perfect in God's eyes. And by the way, this is very natural. Think about it for a moment. Uh, You've had a number of kids. How many kids have you had? Three. Three. Okay. When that child, each one, Richard, was in the crib, did you love Richard, little Richard? Of course. Okay. Did you love him because of all the things he'd do for John? Nope. No, you loved him. Why? Because he's your son. Right. That's actually natural. It is not natural to be valued for what you do. Right. It is natural to be valued for who you are. Correct. And all you've done by coming to God is come back to who you are. Right. And say, I want to be valued because of what he says, not because of what I do. Right. And the, here's the beauty of that. Once you take away all the um, selfish motivations for doing good deeds, now you can do them for the right reason. The only reason, which is to say thanks. I do good deeds now just to say thanks. I got news for you. In no other religion on the planet is this solution offered. Doesn't exist. All right. With that, we'll take a break. That's a perfect segue. We'll come back. Don't go anywhere. Flesh Law's up next. Kevin's going to join me, by the way, tomorrow at 430. If you have a specific legal question you'd like me to ask him, please text it to the text line. Otherwise, Kevin is next, 303-806-8886. Here's why you need personal injury attorney Kevin Flesh on your side. He understands the way the jury thinks. In the context of a personal injury case, you've been hurt by someone else's negligence. The idea is that you're going to try to recover so that you can get back to where you were just prior to that incident occurring. What that really means from a jurist perspective is that you're going to be asking them to award you money. So when we talk about fairness, we're talking about six people that you don't know. Those six people view the evidence and make a unanimous decision that will decide what the fair value is. When you're the one who's hurt, you have a good idea of what you think it's worth. The question is, can you persuade those other individuals whom you don't know and were witnesses to believe that's what the case is worth? Kevin Flesh understands the way the jury thinks. Call now for a free consultation, 303-806-8886. Flesh and Beck Law. They get results. Genesis 1-3 Electric, any upgrades, they've got you handled. In fact, in some cases, that might even be a great Christmas present, depending upon what the need is. Give them a call today. Find them at klzradio.com. Dimmer switches from Genesis 1-3 Electric save you money on your energy bill, and they're also really convenient. Imagine stumbling into your bathroom in the middle of the night. You flip the light switch and bam, the sudden light hits you like a Tyson right cross to the chin and you know you'll never get back to sleep. Now imagine you walk in and turn your dimmer knob and the light gently comes up to a level that you can handle. You'll get back to sleep in no time. Dimmer switches are not just for your bathroom. They're a benefit everywhere in your home. In fact, even at full power, they use about 20% less energy. Bulbs will last longer and you get to retain your sanity for those late night bathroom trips. If you're tired of the light keeping you up and paying a premium for electricity, contact the team at Genesis 1-3 Electric today at klzradio.com slash light to receive special KLZ listener pricing on a dimmer switch. All right. Alan Davis, Level Engineering. Find out if solar is a good fit for you and your home and also your business. Call him today. Find him at klzradio.com. Alan Davis of Level Engineering wants you to have the whole story about saving money with solar. Everyone knows that solar power saves you money. But the most important savings are all those dollars you won't have to pay the power company. 
For most homes, that will mean paying thousands less for electricity annually. And the average tax credit for installing solar in your home is 56%. That's more money in your pocket. The value of your home and homes with solar panels sell faster than those without. Today's solar energy is a great financial decision on your part when you work with Alan Davis. Alan is the solar money-saving expert. So talk to him directly by going to klzradio.com slash solar for a free, no-obligation consultation. I'm Josh, a technician with Business Equipment Service. We all know how frustrating it can be to deal with a salesman who doesn't necessarily understand your needs or what product is right for you or your company, especially when it comes to purchasing new office equipment. As your technician, I can make the right recommendation for your home or office, get you the best deal, work through the delivery, installation, and training for you and your staff, and most importantly, be there to support the equipment long after your purchase. At Business Equipment Service, you don't get less, you just pay less. Check out what our customers have said about us for nearly 20 years at BESofColorado.com. That's BESofColorado.com. Putting reason into your afternoon drive, this is John Rush. All right, we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. And again, in honor of Christmas, yeah, we're explaining why Jesus had to come to earth as a human, as a man. Yeah, and once again, uh, to recap, I think a lot of people don't understand why he had to do this because they don't understand how lost we are. And I explained that. We are not just selfish. We are hopelessly selfish. Mm-hmm. We are encased in selfishness. And the only way to break out of it is to have somebody come along and make it so your deeds no longer define you. By the way, in all other religions, your deeds define you. True. Okay, that's how you know the difference between a man-made religion and a not-man-made religion. Okay, now finally, we are dead. Okay, now why why are we dead? It says in uh, Genesis two, it talks about you know eating from the tree of knowledge, good and evil, and he said, and God says, in the day you eat of it, you will surely die. die. Now the word Hebrew word for die there actually means separate. Okay, and here's what it means: you will be separated from who? God. God. Who is the source of life? God. Right. If I take a um, an appliance and I plug it into the wall, the source of electricity is it alive. Yes. Mm-hmm. If I unplug it, what it's is dead. it? Dead. Okay, it's not really hard to it's understand. It's a dead circuit. Yes, it's a dead circuit. It's not hard to understand how unplugging us from the source of life, which was just explained in Genesis 1, would make us dead. Right. Obviously. Okay, now, here's the problem. We saw how helpless we are in our death, okay, in our selfishness. We are not just selfish. We are hopelessly selfish. We cannot reach out to life. We can't. Death cannot reach out to life. Original sin made us dead. Death can't reach out and touch life. Therefore, life must reach out and touch death. Right. How? Well, since God can't die, he had to become man and let us kill him. So it's starting to make sense now. Yeah, had to be a sacrifice. It had to be a sacrifice, as we say, as by the way. Which the Old Testament is full of. Yeah, explain. Go ahead. In the Old Testament, the way people were redeemed at that time, because they didn't have the salvation that we have today through Christ alone. Right. That didn't exist. They had to look towards the future and actually believe in a Christ that would come down the road, the Messiah that would then die for their redemption of sins, if you would. But in, in that day and age, they had to use a blood sacrifice, and depending upon their wealth, it was either a spotted 
spotless, I should say, lamb, spotless calf, blameless, spotless, they would call it. blameless, even birds, depending upon their wealth and their means. That's what had to happen for them through through the priesthood, to be able to be redeemed, quote-unquote. Yeah, and think about that for a moment. Here you are to blame, and something blameless has to die take for you. your place. Yeah, and a lot of people would say, well, that's terribly unfair. No, you don't understand. It's explaining to you how helpless you are in your blame. You cannot do this you yourself. Someone yourself. else has to do it for you. Yeah. Once again, you're hopelessly selfish. Even your good deeds are as filthy rags. Even when you do a good deed, you're defining yourself and thereby have a selfish motivation for doing the good deed. Correct. You can't fix yourself. Correct. Okay, and one one more time, by the way, with the tree of knowledge of good and evil, why did that cause us to die? God named it that for a very good reason. When we ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, we were wanting to decide for ourselves what is good and evil. Right. Whoever can decide what is good and evil in any situation is the boss of that situation. Parents do this in a home. A CEO does this in a uh, company, right? A government does this in, in you know, in a right. in nation. Anybody who can say this is good, that's evil. This goes, that doesn't go, is the boss of that situation. When we ate from that tree, we wanted to be our own boss. Right. Yep. And, and, and in other words, supplant him. Take him off the throne, put ourselves on the throne. Correct. Okay, now, in doing so, we, div- we separated ourselves from life. We became dead and became helpless in our selfishness. Now, we, here's the end of it. We couldn't reach out to life. Life had to reach out and die, and it had to be blameless life. Which okay. it was. Yes, and so he came as a child, as a helpless child in Bethlehem all those years ago, and he had to grow up. He had to be killed by us. And he had to rise again. Why? Because that was him, life, reaching out to touch death, then building the bridge back to life. And from there, he simply said, follow me. Right. Yep. Does that, that make is, sense? That's the Christmas story. That's the Christmas story. In, 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 a, you know, in a nutshell. Yeah. And what I'm just talking about is the strategy. I just want people to see why it makes sense. Does it make sense? Total sense. Yes. Well. Yeah. Obviously for us, yes. For me, absolutely it does. But I think even... But, I mean, you compare it to things like um, reincarnation, eternal second chances, and stuff like this. You know, guys, you don't need eternal second chances. You need one, one. person to give you the only chance that matters. There you go. Go ahead, yeah, John. Yeah. No, you just said it. There There really is no opportunity for second chances. Those don't exist as much as some people may want to believe in them. There is only one chance, and you just explained it. Yeah. The ultimate chance. Tell me this. What human would come up with that strategy? I mean, it's brilliant. It is. It's None. incredible. None. 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 God himself. He's the only one that could come up with, with, with the redemption of mankind that there is. Now, some would say, well, then why did God allow sin in the first place? Well, because he created man, luckily, fortunately, thankfully, with free will. Yes. God did, in my opinion, God didn't create an earth full of robots that would worship him no matter what. He wanted people that would freely worship him for who he was, God Almighty. Yeah, you know why he did it? He actually gave us the ability to do evil so we could do good. Correct. And uh, let me, uh, before we go to break, I'll finish with this. Let's say that you have a child, and you define goodness in your home as the child will do their homework and clean the dishes. These are their chores. And uh, make their bed. Okay. And let's say the child 
instead of doing it, uh, allowing them to choose that, you encase them in a RoboCop outfit. Right. And you have the remote control, and you make them do, do the dishes and do those things over and over and over. Tell me, has the child done any good? No. Never. They've done exactly what they were programmed to do. Until they can choose to do evil, they cannot choose to do good. Yep. God wasn't cursing us. He was enabling he was us, blessing us to do good. That's right. Affordable Interest Mortgage is next. And uh, Kurt will help you with, with whatever need you have when it comes to a mortgage, including uh, the credit side of it and what you need to do to improve that. 720-895-0500. That's Affordable Interest Mortgage. Got too much debt but a low rate on your mortgage? Worried that rates aren't going to go down fast enough? Need relief now? Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage, 720-895-0500. Before your property tax and homeowner insurance goes up, we can help you lower your monthly payments, pay off your debt, and lower the amount of interest you pay. We have been changing lives in Colorado for over 20 years. Take AIM, 720-895-0500, and let our experience continue to save you money. Want to downsize but can't qualify with a current mortgage and a new one? Been told you have to sell your house for the down payment? That debt ratio is too high? We can help. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Use your equity for the down payment and debts, qualify only on the new mortgage payment, and have no more contingency offers. Take AIM, Affordable Interest Mortgage. Our experience can save you money. 720-895-0500. That's 720-895-0500. NMLS 298191, regulated by DORA, equal credit lender. Hi-Fi Plumbing is next, and I tell you what, they will help you with any plumbing needs you have, whether it's the fresh water coming in or the water going out. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. When temperatures plummet, the risk of water pipes freezing skyrockets, and Hi-Fi Plumbing can help you prevent it. If you've noticed water dripping anywhere around your house, especially on the exterior walls, it's imperative that you have it checked now. Once the temps drop below 30 degrees, you're risking damaged pipes, making a small fix something way bigger. This is especially true for pipes on exterior walls, in crawl spaces, at spigots, and even where most people forget. Down floor drains. High Five has several ways to prevent and fix freezing pipes permanently. From insulating your pipes better to moving them off exterior walls or adding heated tape to prevent freezing. The Colorado Code certified techs at High Five know what to look for to keep your water flowing. KLZ listeners receive a waived service fee. Just tell High Five that John Rush sent you when you contact them at klzradio.com slash plumbing. All right, Premier Home Remodels is next. From beginning to end, they're going to help you with your complete remodel project. Find them at klzradio.com. And then don't forget Dr. Scott Faulkner, who thinks just like we do and really believes all the same things that we do and wants to be your medical physician, your doctor. 303-663-6990. Premier Home Remodels can help you remodel while using the current equity already in your home. That equity has increased over the last decade due to the Colorado housing market boom. Premier knows that the sticker shock of remodeling will only increase, not decrease. So start planning now to build the space of your dreams. Your home's equity will also increase once construction starts, so use that as an advantage to get you the space you want. Premier's design team builds the project around your budget, and they will help you make it happen with the money already in your home. Their design team is tied directly to the success of the project. Work with a true design build team by going to klzradio.com slash remodel. That's klzradio.com slash remodel. 
Are you looking for a health care provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and Integrative Healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. Now, back to Rush to Reason, presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. I love this song. And welcome back to Rush Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Andy Pate filling in for John Rush. He is now headed off for an early night, and he'll be back tomorrow. On the line right now, we got Jersey Joe and Joe. How are you doing? Not not doing well, Andy. Not doing well. Got a, got a bad throat today. Oh, no. You got a bad throat. Got a bad throat, but we'll make it through. Well, let's we'll make, make you talk through. a lot. <laughs> we can make it through. Hey, so. before you get going... Let everybody know how they can uh, hear your podcast. All right. Uh, you can, uh, well, first of all, it's uh, Jersey Joe, J-E-R as in Roger, Z as in Zebra, E-E, JerseyJoe.com. You can find it there in, on my website, JerseyJoe.com, or any of the major podcasts, Apple, Spotify. Just search for The Situation with Jersey Joe, J-E-R-Z-E-E, Jersey Joe, and you'll find it on all the major podcast platforms. But And if you want to get on my mailing list, just send me an email to Joe at jerseyjoe.com, and I can email you uh, the weekly. It's a, it's a once a week. Um, I would have recorded it tonight, but I'm going to delay it until tomorrow, but you typically get it in the middle of the week, and you'll get it. Uh, I can get you on the distribution list. So if you want to watch it, you'll see some of the exhibits. Uh, if you just want to listen to it, just go to Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you'll find it there. Thanks, Joe. And hey, before we get going here, we're entering the Christmas season. Do you have any you know, message you'd like to say or just what Christmas means to you or what you plan on doing on Christmas? Anything you want to say about Christmas? You know, as I get older, Andy, Christmas to me is about enjoying um, family, friends, um, and, and appreciating what good I can do for others. Um, you know, I, I donate to certain charities every year, um, and it just warms my heart to, to think, you know, well, you know, and of course, I get the thank yous back from the charities, and um, you know, whether it be helping out a relative with maybe some college tuition, um, you know, or donating to a, a Save the Children, which I think is a great charity. Um, it, it, that's what brings me joy is is helping others to the extent that I'm able. You know, and if I may, Joe, I'd like to share a um, a, a movie that gave me a wonderful Christmas message, and that is Bill Murray and Scrooged of all things. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, he says, it's the one time of year, and I, I'm you know, paraphrasing here, but he says, it's the one time of year where we become the people we wish we were the rest of the year. <laughs> a great sentiment. I great. think it's a great sentiment. Okay, great. lead off, sir. Well, as long as we're talking about Christmas. Yeah. Um, did you know that all of Santa's reindeers were female? I did not know this. And you know how you can tell? 
were they simply identifying as female or no? no. Oh, okay. Well, every, How every can you tell? Ever, it, despite the names, despite all the names and, you know, the male names, uh, if you look at any picture of his reindeer, they all have antlers. Well, um, male reindeers lose their antlers in the fall. Female re- reindeers maintain their antlers uh, through the end of winter, don't lose them till, till, uh, till January, February the following year. So when you see reindeer with antlers on Christmas, they're females because the males have already lost their antlers. There's your little trivia for the day. My goodness. So when I watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, which, by the way, I watched uh, uh, a couple nights ago with my wife, um, I was watching lies. I was watching propaganda. You were watching propaganda. By the way... Um, the Claymation propaganda. <laughs> I feel manipulated. Go ahead. The History Channel does this series of the toys that built America, and last week they did a special on Santa Claus, who, by the way, did not exist in this country in his present form until about 1920. Um, it's, it's a great history of the evolution, the origins of Santa Claus. You know, it comes from St. Nicholas, but he is not Santa Claus as we know him today until about 1920. And uh, what, what brought that about? Well, it, it, they, they go through the evolution of how certain writers... Uh, they talk about, by the way, Clement Moore, who was the son of a, uh, a pastor, wrote "Twas the Night Before Christmas," and for 20 years, he didn't want anybody to know that it was he was the author. So it was published. Actually, somebody published it anonymously against his wishes. Um, really? Yes. And uh, it wasn't until 20 years later, when he issued a book of poems, that he finally fessed up. Yes, I wrote "Twas the Night Before Christmas," but that was. Clement Moore's poem, "Twas the Night Before Christmas, which describes this jolly man with the pipe and whatnot, that was basically the beginning of Santa Claus as we know it, with the publishing of his anonymous poem, "Twas the Night Before Christmas. So that's the evolution of Santa Claus. I mean, was the evolution depicted like from ape to more upright and finally a no, full no, no, Santa no, Claus? It goes, it goes way, way back to, you know, <laughs> I mean, there, there was a St. Nicholas yeah, and it, you know, and it goes way, way. And by the way, interesting the where we get Santa Claus from, um, in uh, in the Dutch, Saint is is uh, I believe Sinter, I, I believe it's Sinter in Dutch. Saint is Sinter, and it was Nicholas, so Sinterklaas, so Saint Nicholas, uh, so Santa Claus came from Sinter, Sinterklaas. And where was Saint Nicholas? Was he like in Turkey or someplace like that, or do we have? Do we know? You know I, I forget, Andy. I was, you know, I was in another room as that was going on. But oh, okay. But you can you can stream it. Um, the the toy. Just look for the History Channel series, the toys that built America, and do this and look at the one for Santa Claus. Um, and I would urge you to go. You know, when if you've got kids or grandkids or nieces and nephews, um, you know, tape it for them, record it for them, and play. And anybody listening. Go to the History Channel, The Toys They Built America, Santa Claus. Okay. Wonderful. All right. Go, <laughs> continue on, sir. All right. The um, stupidest thing I've heard all week. Ah, good. There's a proposal. Actually, this is the stupidest thing I've heard all year. There is a proposal out that cities and states um, uh, require that police officers pass, pass laws and ordinances requiring that police officers keep their firearms in a lockbox in their car and the lockbox can only be opened with permission from headquarters. <laughs> okay, so let me get this right. So they are on the front lines protecting us from threat to life and limb. And in the heat of the moment, they need to get permission 
to defend the, themselves and us go, yeah. and so they walk, enforce so the law. They walk, so, they, so here's the scenario. So they go up to a traffic stop, and a traffic stop is not a situation. You know, some guy's got driving a broken taillight or, you know, whatever. Right. And they walk up, and as he walks up the driver's side window, the guy starts shooting at him. He has to run back to his car, call the, call the station. I no. Serious? I sent you the article, Andy. No. I think this is a way to, if you want to quickly reduce uh, the staffing of your police department without going through costly layoffs, just pass this ordinance because, number one, all the, s- the smart officers will immediately resign. Oh, yeah. And the ones who aren't that very bright, they will quickly, through attrition, through on-the-job uh, death or injury, they will quickly, they'll go by the wayside, too. So you can shrink the size of your police force by 90%. Just by passing this ordinance, and where are they? Where are they trying to push this again? Well, it's just a, this. The author is just a proposal. It's in the far left uh, publication called Slate. I'm sure you're familiar with. Slate. Oh yeah, yeah. It's like an op-ed advocating that cities and states adopt the. Now, by the way, Slate is read by you know like the city leaders of places like Portland and Seattle. Oh yes, you, they eat this stuff up. So I guarantee you, you're you're apt to see this being proposed in certain city blue city councils around the country. You know, Joe, if I may, um, we're going to be looking at a lot of different issues that are going to affect the 2024 election, of course, right? Immigration and so forth. But I think inner city crime could be a big one. And I mean a bigger one than it's been in the past because I think uh, it looks like it's going to be Trump, most likely. But I think our candidate is going to be basically telling the United States population, hey, guys, every major urban area that is run by Democrats, this is your life. Okay. And when crazy stuff like this is put out there by things like Slate, which, as you said, that's read by the left wing intelligentsia. I know about Slate from for quite a while now. When they read that kind of stuff and they're putting out that kind of idiot propaganda, do you think that this is the crime issue is really going to hurt the left in 2024? Oh, absolutely. And, um, uh, you know, the economy, illegal immigration and crime, those are those are the top three. Remember, James Carville, you know, told Clinton, it's the economy stupid. Well, this year it's the economy stupid. It's immigration stupid and it's crime stupid. Um, by the way. Carjackings in uh, in Washington D.C., which you don't get any bluer than Washington D.C., are up like 580 percent. They are now up to three carjackings a day, the vast majority of which are at gunpoint. Oh my! Three a day. In, well, that can't Washington be because they outlawed guns there. Yeah. Everybody's safe and, now. It's all and good. By the way, and most of the carjackers are teenagers who aren't allowed to to own a gun under federal law in any state in the union. So what we need are more gun laws. You know, coming down on us legal gun owners because yeah, we're we're way, a threat. You know, I was asked by the way to put together a list of mass shootings that have taken place in the following locations: gun shows, uh, <laughs> gun range, gun ranges, and gun stores. And you want to hear the list? Yeah, what's the list? Go ahead. Here you go. That was the list. There's never been a mass shooting at a gun show. There's never been a mass shooting at a shooting range. There's never been a, a, a mass shooting at a gun store. And if, well, two reasons. Uh, two reasons. Number one, obviously, people would shoot back. And number two, those people don't want to do mass shootings. They want well, self-protection. Well, well, uh, even if you wanted to do a mass shooting, for those who've never been in a gun store, um, invariably the people behind the counter are wearing their guns on their hips. Oh, yeah. You know, the, the, the staff is armed. 
So, you know, even if you were a crazy, you know, you might go into a bank. I mean, there's been mass shootings in banks. There's been mass shootings in city halls. There's been mass shootings in restaurants. There's never been a mass shooting in a gun store. Let me ask you this, Joe. Why shouldn't we, as conservatives, basically be asking Americans, hey, don't you wish every school was as safe as a gun show? Absolutely. And, and by the way, in Texas, and actually, let me, there are 12 states now. I'm sure you're familiar with the Safer program. Oh, I'm sorry, not Safer, Faster. Faster saves lives. Uh, I think so. Go ahead. Describe. Well, it's, it's, it's Faster, and um, um, oh, the name escapes me. She's there in Colorado. There's a, there are 12 states that have adopted the Faster program, and it's basically it's a program where you uh, uh, train teachers. They go through a one-week extensive training where uh, taught by active-duty SWAT officers, by the way, and they and uh, and it's school administrators and teachers on a uh, on a volunteer basis. And, and by the way, the it's Laura Carno. Laura Carno yeah. is the advocate in in Colorado. I love her. Faster. She's great. Yeah. F-A-S-T-E-R dot org, faster, and it's Faster Slaves Lives. That, that program is active in over 3,000 schools in 12 states, including more than 170 schools in Texas. In over a decade, there's never been a mass shooting in any one of those 3,000 schools that has armed staff and armed teachers. And by the way, they all put big signs out front of their schools. Oh, yeah. You know, the, you know, the staff and the Staff is armed and willing to use deadly force, blah, blah, blah. Nor has there ever been an accidental discharge uh, or an illegal discharge of any of the guns owned by any of those staff. Because the first thing is, oh, no, there's going to be, you're going to have teachers getting angry and shooting each other. Their kids are going to get a hold of their guns, and you're going to have accidental shootings. No, fast, the FASTER program is proven. You've got, got 3,000 experiments in 12 states for 10 years. It works. But yet you'll find you try to introduce that into a blue state and you'll get all sorts of resistance. Yeah, they, oh, no, they, they, you know, these idiots, Joe, these idiots think that, you, that you're bringing in a threat. You're bringing in a danger because you're bringing in the gun. No, folks, you're bringing in weapons into the hands of well-trained people who can protect your children. You're turning the school into a hard target. Hardened target, right. Why is this a bad thing? Right. By the way, mass shootings only stop... When a good guy with a gun shows up, now frequently the good guy with a gun is a police officer, um, but isn't it better to have the good guy in already in the school as opposed to Uvalde where they were all outside the school? Wouldn't it have been better if the good guys were inside the school to, to start with? Yes. Uh, and I would have to believe, by the way, a mass shooter, if he's looking to shoot up a school and one school had a big sign out front that says, this, you know, our students are protected by armed staff and we're willing to use trained and willing to use deadly force at another school that didn't have that sign, which school would you pick? Right. I would pick the safe one. Joe, let me, let me put it this way. Okay. Let's say that you are going to be threatened by somebody with a weapon. It doesn't even have to be a gun. Okay. It could be a knife, whatever, but somebody is threatening you with a weapon, which is becoming very common in urban areas. What do you want? Do you want a cop who is at best five minutes away or do you want an armed citizen who is next to you? Well, Andy, let's see. And by the way, I love count. cops, but you know what I'm yeah. saying. Go ahead. When, when seconds count, the police are minutes away. Right, and it's I, not their fault. They can't be everywhere. They can't be everywhere. And, and as, the, 
as the Colorado Supreme Court's case, Gonzalez versus the town of Castle Rock Supreme Court, you know, the Castle Rock, the case was uh, a guy with a restraining order went and killed his wife and a couple of her friends. She was staying with a couple. And uh, the surviving relatives sued the Castle Rock police for failing to protect the deceased from this violent guy with a, with a restraining order. And the, the, the Castle Rock police said, we have no legal obligation. Although we want to protect you, we have no legal obligation to protect you. And the Supreme Court ruled, yes, the police do not have a legal obligation to protect you. You, you, are, you are the person who is primarily responsible for your own protection. Yeah, and by the way, Joe, one last thing. It feels good in any situation to be prepared. Okay, I mean, look, it feels good to have, if you've got a uh, finals exam at college, it feels good to know that you already know it all, the subject matter really well. It feels yep. good to be prepared. It feels good to be prepared if bad weather's coming in and you've got great tires. It feels good to be prepared if there are threats out there and you are armed and trained and able to protect people. And by the way, it feels really good to know that your school is prepared for your children. Absolutely. So a combination of now, again, it's not just armed staff. It's armed and trained staff. Right. Co- combined with, you know, hardened entry, single point of entry, you know, controlled entry. You don't want to have people walking in through unlocked back doors into the school and whatnot. So, you know, and, a combi- and again, you've got 3,000 test pilot programs, a decade worth of experimentation, no downside risk, uh, all upside positive. So, you know, I'd, I'd find it hard to believe there's a, a reasonable argument for fighting this program, yet blue states fight fight the adoption of this program tooth and nail. You know, and uh, let's go to break with this here, Joe. I believe you just said two words that are going to cause real problems for the Democrats in 2024, and that is blue states. People are fleeing them. They're fleeing them because of crime, as we just saw. They're fleeing them economically. They're fleeing them for many reasons. I think the blue state, you know, exodus is going to look very bad for them in 2024. Hey, let's go to break, and uh, can I hold you over? You sure can. Okay, up next is Golden Eagle Financial. Hey, prepare your financial future by maximizing your present with Al Smith. No one does it better, so call Al at 303-744-1128, or you can find him at klzradio.com. You need to talk with Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial now, before the new year, to help ensure your retirement plan is ready for whatever lies ahead. Even if you're currently participating in an employer-sponsored plan, you need Al Smith to help you strategize maximizing your retirement savings. Often near the end of the year, it's very difficult to get someone from your employer plan on the phone, whereas Al is personally ready to assist you right now. If you have retirement accounts, you definitely need Al Smith to help you close the year out and avoid costly mistakes or year-end penalties. Give Al Smith at Golden Eagle Financial a call today to receive your free no-obligation consultation and get your retirement plan in order before January 1st. Just go to klzradio.com money to contact Al or to schedule a consultation. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. When you have an inherited home, you need a real estate advocate on your side to know where to start. Kat and Robin of K&R Home Transitions 
are here to walk you through the steps with complete transparency. They also know exactly what will make a house sell, and they work exceptionally hard until your inherited home is sold for the highest price possible and as quickly as possible. Inherited homes often need a lot of work, as we have mentioned many times, and Cat and Robin know how to get everything done with their network of contractors and partners. They also know when you should spend money on a fix and when to wait because the repair or remodel is not worth the benefits. Cat and Robin are your true real estate advocates, and they protect you from the mistakes and bad decisions that are bound to happen without their experience and advice. You must contact Catherine and Robin to get your inherited home sold. Just go to klzradio.com slash home or call 720-437-8210. The reason Cub Creek Heating and AC is a Ream Pro Partner is because Cub Creek's installation process and customer service are exceptional. For example, Cub Creek takes an extra step other companies don't take, and that is ensuring your warranty registration on your furnace is completed as part of their installation process. This takes the hassle out of you worrying about any of it. They also inspect your entire system and properly seal all ductwork, preventing any leaks. If needed, Cub Creek will take the time to modify your filter access on your furnace so it's easier for you to use. Cub Creek also does things like helping you understand rebates and incentives for high-efficiency equipment so you don't miss out on any chance to save. They notify you when you are due for service or if there are recalls. The pro team at Cub Creek goes well above and beyond other HVAC companies, so reach out to Doug and Hunter by going to klzradio.com slash HVAC today to schedule your service. As independent brokers, GIA Insurance can help you navigate through the maze of health insurance options so you get the right plan to fit your needs at the best premium. GIA never charges fees, and your premiums will never be any higher than going directly to the insurance companies or buying online. Call 303-423-0162, extension 100. It's time to leave your safe space. This is Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. And welcome back to Rush Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Andy Pate closing it out for John Rush. Online, we got Jersey Joe. Joe, really quick here, um, before we dive in, John and I were talking at break before um, we went into the last hour. And we were talking about the GOP in Colorado. We spent the last hour talking about how the Colorado GOP, you got some great people there, but they're basically trying to divide and subtract their way to success and it's really frustrating. And I'm, I know that there are probably a number of people out there who are thinking, why are you fixating and focusing so much concern over the leadership of the Colorado GOP? Nobody knows who they are. A lot of people aren't listening to them. It doesn't matter. Here's why. And I think John put it best. He said, the current GOP now has the keys to the building and they're locking everyone out. Yep. That's what they're doing. And that is the concern. Folks, we only want them to open it up and get people from all parts of the party much more involved so they feel that they're all part of something because all these people from different parts of the party can reach out to different parts of the electorate. And that's important. You want a diverse crowd to reach out to a diverse electorate. Joe, what do you think? John, uh, Andy, I think you're 100% correct. And um, uh, Colorado will, will never see any Republican um, 
meaningful, you know, we're not going to see Republican congressmen, Republican senators until the Republican Party leadership in Colorado gets us act together and, and steps, you know, you know, uh, they need a bigger tent. They need to embrace people. They need to support all the candidates, not just the one they, they choose. Uh, they're they're on a, a losing a losing path, and it, I don't know how long it's going to take them to figure this out. Well, you know, what the, uh, Joe, I totally agree. And really, really quick here, it's a real frustration with this whole open and closed primary thing because I, I'm like John and I'm like Eli. I don't like an open primary because I think only Republicans should choose Republican candidates. Okay, mm-hmm. we should choose who represents us as a candidate. I think they make a great point, but here's the problem. The market voted and overwhelmingly unaffiliated voters said, no, we want to weigh in on this. So at this point, if we say we want to get out of the open primary, we're telling all those unaffiliated voters who, by the way, are 48 percent of the state, um, you're the problem. Yep. You're not going to win any. You're not going to win any beauty contests like that. No, you aren't. Okay, go ahead, Joe. I I want to go back to one to tie into our about voting and your being your own first protector. If you Google the word now, by the way, Jews have traditionally been overwhelmingly Democratic voters. Yeah. You look at it. If you set your if you Google Jews buying guns and you set your time filter for the past 30 days, you will find hundreds of stories, regional, local, national stories about Jews flocking to gun stores buying guns. And this is, you know, following the events of October 7th. So Jews have finally woken. Of course, you know, the there's been like a 300% increase in anti-Semitic attacks. And they kind of realize that, hey, you know, people are coming up to the streets and assaulting us. Um, the police are nowhere to be found. We have to be our own first protector. So, um, and I think the fact that Jews are now buying guns in droves, I think they're finally waking up to the fact that you know, the blue state thing about you shouldn't own a gun, the police will keep you safe. They're finally realizing that all of this is nonsense, and I, I think that could have a... And, of course, now they are the victims of crime. So in terms of crime impacting the voting, uh, you know, the voting direction, I think that's what you're going to see. I think the Republicans are going to pick up a lot of Jewish votes as a result of the blowback from the October 7th. I was kind and, of wondering about that. Go ahead. And one more. Biden... Now, Israel has requested not as a – they want to purchase. They don't, they're not asking for free. Israel said, hey, we want to buy 20,000 M16s. And the Biden administration is stalling that sale <laughs> because Israel has said, well, we want to give them to our civilians. By the way, contrary to popular belief, only 2% of Jewish households own guns, very strict gun controls in Israel. They wanted to – Yeah, they might uh, want to change that. Right. And so Israel now said all these – Jews living near Lebanon, living near the Gaza Strip, uh, we realize it was a mistake to keep them unarmed. We want to give those people the ability to defend themselves. And the Biden administration is blocking the sale of M16 rifles to Israel because they're afraid that those Israeli civilians might use them offensively instead of defensively. My, my message to Biden is not your issue. It's Israel's issue. Yeah. You know, um, But But, Biden is part of the Democrat Party, and I'm just going to say it right out, Joe. The Democrat Party, as a party, hates Jews. They do. Hates hates Jews and hates guns, and they want to keep those those Jewish civilians defenseless. Yep. Um, You know, and I'm shaking my head. You know, I mean, sure, now, Israel can go anywhere else. They can buy guns, you know. They can buy guns from Germany. You know, there's a lot of countries will sell them guns. 
So if he thinks he's he's going to prevent uh, the Jewish, uh, uh, the Israeli uh, government from arming its civilians, you know, he, he's he's kidding himself. But they're turning to us, our partner, to help them arm their civilians, which, by the way, is a complete reversal for the Israeli government because, again, they made it almost impossible for civilians to own guns. Uh, and now the Israeli civilians are saying, well, I guess, you know, we need to rethink that policy. Do you so, think that, I mean, a big issue that, you know, you mentioned the th- three big issues, but I think we're forgetting the biggie, and that's abortion. It's been killing uh, us. How do you think that's going to play out this next time around? I'm sorry, you know, I missed I missed the third ring, unfortunately. I had a uh, cover. Abortion. Abortion. abortion in 2024. Is it going to cr- cream us again like it did in 2022? I think it depends who the candidate. I think Nikki Haley has handled that issue wonderfully. Yes. And, it, and if, she's our, if she's our nominee, I don't think it's going to hurt us that badly at all. But, uh, okay, what if, if she is not? Uh, then I think it could, it could really it could hurt us and cost us the election. So. Okay. Sir, you got a minute left. What else you got? Oh, let's see. Um, you could just say how you're going to spend Christmas. Are you going to call? Are you going to call in on uh, on Friday? I'm doing movies of the sea because we're we're looking at Aquaman, the sequel. Andy, it'll be my pleasure to call in and talk about movies of the sea. I know that's going to be a lot of fun. And by the way, I'm going to have uh, Luke and my wife here. My blushing bride, Corey, are going to be here co-hosting. Well, fantastic. Well, um, I will absolutely call in on Friday. My voice is about to give out, Andy, so I'm going to say say good night and uh, was it what did, how did Santa end the uh, good night to all, Merry Christmas to all, and to all a good night, as Santa said at the end of uh, Clement. Uh, uh, the uh, my well, I'm losing it. Uh, <laughs> a Christmas Carol. Anyway, fantastic. Merry Christmas to all and cool, to all a good night. Bye, guys. Okay, Joe, take care. And folks, uh, I also want to say thank you so much for all of you listening. And that is it for today. Hour one is going to replay next. And until the next time, please drive safe. God bless. And thanks for joining us at Rust Reason, KLZ 560.